It's unnecessary roughness. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! An absolutely perfect pass. And Adams dragged his feet in the back left corner for the Raiders' lead with 10 seconds to go before halftime. All I can say, Jason, is wow. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Pleased to be with you on this afternoon. Hopefully you've been enjoying what you've been hearing here on Raider Nation Radio 920. JT the Brick continues with his uh, ultimate Raiders team that he's putting together. Was talking all things linebackers today, and that's a hell of a conversation, right? So I heard a lot of people calling in and giving feedback on the, the team that he's putting together, and I continue to say each and every day that I think JT is doing a great job with that, uh, that team, and I'm glad that I'm not responsible for putting that team together, right? Because if somebody is going to be left off the first or the second team, it's going to be like, wait, hold on, what about this person? And then I'm going to have to try to explain it. So I'm glad that he has to try to explain it, but definitely think that all the feedback that uh, Raider Nation has been giving them uh, to help out put this team together has been a really good thing. So uh, hopefully you've been enjoying that as much as I've been enjoying that. And, uh, of course, that will continue on as he puts together the ultimate team and he'll have it all done, all set in stone, before training camp opens up. Of course, the uh, first day of practice is on July 26th. But there is a lot to get to when it comes to the silver and black in a sort of type of way. Uh, woke up this morning and saw the piece out on ESPN.com from uh, Seth Wickersham and folks and talking about uh, Daniel Snyder and John Gruden's emails. And, you know, of course, I had to deep dive into it, the morning tailgate. I heard them deep dive in it as they, as a matter of fact, had Seth Wickersham on their show bright and early this morning around 730. Thought that was a really good interview. If you had a chance to check it out, uh, you can, or I'm um, hopefully you checked it out. But if you didn't, check it out at LVSportsNetwork.com. Of course, everything that we do, every show that we have is always podcasted right there on the website. Again, LVSportsNetwork.com. Com. If you want to hear the full meal deal interview with Seth Wickersham talking about this piece, he was free and clear how the leak of John Gruden's emails led to the fall of Commander's owner Dan Snyder. Of course, we'll deep dive into that article. We'll deep dive into the conversation that Clay and, and Vinny Bonsignor had this morning with Seth Wickersham. And, of course, we'll get your thoughts on it as well throughout the course of the show. Plus, whenever there's something that is legal, and has some kind of legalities to it, as we had Amber Wilson from ESPN on the show the other day. Uh, we like to go and, and reach out to our own you know, sports attorneys or, or guys that know on the legal side of things a lot more than I do, right? I'm not the smartest dude in the room. I need some uh, clarification on things at times. So Daniel Lust, sports attorney, co-host of Conduct Detrimental. And I don't know why. I'll just stop right there. I don't know why. For some reason, Conduct Detrimental, which is the name of his podcast that he's a co-host of, I don't know why, Ari, that that is such a hard like title for me to say. I'm not too sure. And I'll, I'll even say it to Daniel. I'll tell him. And I think he knows because every time he comes on the show, I mess up the name of his podcast, Conduct Det Detrimental. See, I did it again. But you I don't know why I can't do it. You nailed it just now, though. You should have just kept it pushing. I know. You I shouldn't it. have said nothing, right? <laughs> I shouldn't even have said nothing. Now I'm thinking about it. And, and that's what <laughs> happens. Sometimes that there's a name, there's someone's name that I'm not 100% sure of, and then all of a sudden I get it right. Or someone tells me what it is so I can say it correctly. And then I think about it too much. Yep. And once I think about it, it's over. I can relate to those. With, it is a wrap. names especially. I'm telling you, it is a wrap. As soon as I start thinking about it, it's over. It's kind of what we talk about when we talk about football players, right? The guy that's out there thinking is a slow man, right? And you don't want to be the slow man, right? We talk about that when it comes to the Raiders' defense. A lot of times you see these guys out there and it looks like that they're a step behind. It's because they're thinking of their next step. 
Well, it's the same as, I guess, saying someone's name or conduct detrimental. Look, say it right there when I'm not thinking about it, even though I did think about it a little bit. <laughs> I'm just going to record you say it properly, and then I'll just drop it and in. And just run it back, Right man. over you. I'm telling you, <laughs> like that's the first thing I'm going to ask Daniel when he joins the show is about why it's so difficult <laughs> for me to just get his name correctly. But that's coming up at 2.30. Great guy, great friend of the show. Always appreciate his insight. We'll even deep dive, or, you know, Deep dive a little bit. I, I guess it's not really a deep dive. It's only a little bit. Will he also talk a little Northwestern, what's going on with uh, Pat Fitzgerald as he's been fired as the head coach. We talked about that for a couple days. And the situation in West Virginia with former head coach Bob Huggins as he's trying to get uh, you know reinstated or basically saying he never resigned. So uh, all this all this world of, of legalities, we'll talk with uh, Daniel Lust coming up at 2.30. Uh, at 3 o'clock, we'll have a couple sound bites. As a matter of fact, we'll probably have a sound bite for the opening drive as well from Seth Wickersham and his interview that he did with the morning tailgate this morning. Again, talking about the inter- uh, the, the article that's on ESPN.com right now. He was free and clear how the leak of John Gruden's email led to the fall of Commander's owner, Dan Snyder. So uh, you'll hear some of that coming up in the opening drive and also some more of that coming up at 3 o'clock at 3.30, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. And I'll just tell you right now that I'm pretty excited about what I saw. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted out that the 2024 semifinalists for the Hall of Fame have been put out as far as the senior contributors and, uh, and also, uh, you know, coaches and contributors. It's 60 semifinalists named for the class of 2024 in senior coach contributor categories. And two names that stood out to me in a major way. One, Lester Hayes who should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. I think we all agree on that. But knowing that he's a semifinalist for the seniors is a good thing. I think he's going to have a really good chance to get in. Of course, he's just a semifinalist for 2024. Not this year's class, but 2024. And then also Albert Lewis. Albert Lewis played with the the Raiders, played with the Chiefs, obviously, as well. But uh, 42 pass intercepted, 14-season career with the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, And then he had 11 kicks, on, also blocked 11 kicks on special teams as well. So uh, Albert Lewis and, and, uh, of course, Lester Hayes, more importantly, are the two names that stand out to me. So that will come up in Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. We'll do that at 3.30. At 3.45, I'm excited about this interview that we have. We're going to kind of take a little bit of a twist. Jen Aguirre, she's going to join the show from jenaguirre.com, and she is a personal trainer. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further. She's my wife's personal trainer. So she's been uh, working with her for a while and uh, the wife is super happy and anyone who's seen her around town with me will, will know that oh man she's she's doing her thing right she's she's getting her flex on I mean hey sometimes I'll be like man I can't mess with you because you know you're gonna you're gonna get me she's doing her thing I could uh, respect it but uh, Jen's got her on a really good routine as far as uh, you know uh, food you know what you can eat what you can't eat of course got to get on a routine for working out and cardio weights all that good stuff but she's got an event coming up this weekend and pretty much it's at full capacity right now so we won't even really deep dive into what she's got going on in this event but just kind of give a little bit background on her and what she does as far as a personal trainer and I'll tell you right now a a guy like me I I watch the wife she'll get on the on the bike the exercise bike every morning 5 30 in the morning man she's up there on that bike boom 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 right I'm laying in bed watching the news (laughs) right I just and I always tell her like man I know I should be on that bike I know I should be doing this. I know I should be doing that, but I just ain't got time. I just don't have the time to do it. I got so many things going on, and I just don't have the discipline when it comes to that. I don't know what it is, but I just can't find my, 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 my discipline in me 
to get it done. But she does it routinely each and every day. Of course, is doing the weights, doing the, uh, you know, eating the proper foods and stuff. And, and she's doing great, right? Fantastic. I'm very proud of her. Uh, but Jen's been a really big help. So uh, just kind of want to share her story and, and let, let everyone know what she does. And I'm sure there's others out there that feel like that they need to, to get into shape as well. And, and, and maybe a personal trainer is what they need, someone that can give them a little bit extra attention. So you'll hear from Jen coming up at 345 just about her story, her backstory, what got her in, involved in all this, and, and how she can help you as well. At 4 o'clock, Krista Blunk, Aces play-by-play voice, she's going to join us, and this is for the TV side of things. She's going to join us to talk about the LV Aces. They were in action last night, and they won by about 20, right? I mean, they just do what the Aces do. So we're going to talk all things Aces. Normally we have Paloma Villacana join us on Wednesday, but uh, because the Aces play again today and there's a lot going on in the city of Las Vegas between Summer League and, and, and the WNBA All-Star game is coming up on, uh, on Saturday as well. Uh, there's so much going on. She's actually on, uh, on air all day, so she didn't have a time to break away, but some time before the week is over we'll definitely catch up with Paloma but Krista Blunk she'll join us at four o'clock to talk all things aces little WNBA action and we'll even look forward to the uh, all-star game when it comes to the WNBA then at 4 30 speaking of all-star games uh, Major League Baseball they had their all-star showcase the home run derby and the all-star game the National League they finally won for the first time in nine games they snapped their uh, their losing streak last night in a game that what we talked about it Right, we had my guy Jack Bond from ParamountSports.com right before the show got wrapped up. We let it be known that the the over under was on seven, and he went on under seven runs. And well, the National League won three to two. So if you took the advice of Jack Bond from ParamountSports.com at plus one hundred, you got some pretty good money right there. So uh, there you go. We went uh, uh, under seven, and I'll tell you right now, Ari. Towards the end of the game, I'm watching it, and it was such a low scoring game. I was like, okay. The under is going to hit, no doubt. Like, this is easy. Then all of a sudden, boom, a run scores. Then, boom, a home run. I was like, oh, damn. Oh, no, here we go. Like, it's, it's going to be a loss. And then in the ninth inning, the bottom of the ninth, the American League had an opportunity, man. They had a couple guys on, a couple guys that had some big bats were coming to play. And I was like, oh, no, this dude's going to hit a walk-off home run. It's going to go over seven, and it's going to be a loser. Not that I even – I never even placed a dime on it. Right, that's the funny thing about it. Whenever we we you know bring the the betting game to the to the show, I just want to win. Like I didn't even put any money on it. I just want to win. So I get stressed out just watching it, knowing that I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose a dime. I'm not gonna gain a dime. But just because it was talked about on the show, I want to make sure that we get it. So we did get that. But uh, Bob Nightingale from USA Today Sports Major League Baseball coverage. He's a Major League Baseball radio insider. Does a fantastic job talking all things MLB. He'll join us at 4.30 to talk about the Home Run Derby, talk about the, uh, the All-Star Game, talk about Shohei Otani, where he thinks that he'll play next. Uh, you know, and, of course, all the attention is on one Shohei Otani. So we'll talk all things Major League Baseball coming up at 4.30. So as you can tell, we're loaded today. We've got a lot to get to. We've got winning on the way as well. We're going to get you qualified for those four tickets to the Aviators game, which is more importantly going to get you one step closer to that five-day houseboat rental. It's a loaded summer of fun. You could take the trip or you could take the cash. If you take the cash, it's $3,000. Our guy Wendell did that week two. Week three, you could be the winner. All you got to do is listen up for to be called number nine when we tell you. At 702-365-9200, we are Raider Nation Radio 920, so caller number 9 makes all the sense in the world. Be caller number 9, you'll get registered for those four tickets to the Aviators game. More importantly, that'll get you one step closer 
to winning the ultimate prize, the Lotus Summer of Fun, the five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. That is the trip that we're giving away this week. So that's coming up. Matter of fact, I feel pretty good about today's show. We're going to do that twice. We did it twice yesterday. Let's run it back. We'll, we'll, we'll get you registered twice on today's show as well, between now and 5 o'clock, before we say sayonara, see you later, arrivederci. <laughs> right before we do all that, we're going to get you hooked up in a major way. So, again, a pretty loaded show. Daniel Lust at 2.30. We have Cover 3 NFL News and Notes at 3.30. Uh, Jenna Geary from JennaGeary.com at 3.45. Krista Blunk talking all things Aces at 4. And then Bob Nightingale from USA Today, uh, Major League Baseball Radio Insider at 4.30. And, of course, we want to hear from you. So, with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. I got to go to the don'tbebroke.com text line, first of all, before we even get into the opening drive. 69187 keyword R&R. Sir Whiskey Ray is always a guy that contributes to the show, and I love his contributions. Sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're funny. More times than not. They're pretty funny, and so he's always quick-witted with it. So on this one, he says, it's okay. We get lazy as well from time to time. Why exercise when we could just pretend we are athletic? Sincerely, DeMond's high school basketball career and Q's street football career, LOL. That is funny. That is hilarious. One, we know DeMond had no basketball career in high school whatsoever. And my guy Vegas Jess, he ruined my street football career quick. <laughs> he ruined it. Real quick, right? He, uh, man, he pushed off in the small of my back. He made me fall. I scraped up my hands. I scraped up my shoes. I had to go get some new Nikes. I had to go get a new work shirt. I mean, Vegas Jess, he's my guy. But, you know, he's, he's my guy from a distance at times because he, you know, pushed off and ruined my street football career before it got started. But he's still my guy. But, you know, I got to watch that dude because, again, he, he's one of the – see, I'm a defensive player, right? And they make, they make, they make the, the, the game – Easy for the offense. So he's able to push off, and nobody calls push off. Everyone's like, oh, Q just fell. Q didn't fall. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so, Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks for that text. Definitely appreciate you. But now, with the opening drive, I do want to get serious. I want to get into the conversation about the, the emails from John Gruden. Again, the piece that's out on ESPN.com right now. He was free and clear how the leak of John Gruden's emails led to the fall of Commander's, Commander's owner, Dan Snyder. And I'll say this. It was nothing that – really shocked me, I, especially when it comes to John Gruden. It felt like to me it just verified and confirmed what I already knew or what I already believed. I didn't know it for a fact. Like, we don't know that for a fact, but I believe that everyone who talked about this situation when it happened, and, and really, before we deep dive into it, let it be known that none of this excuses what John Gruden said or wrote. Let that be known off top. Nothing excuses what he said or what he wrote, right? And whatever he had coming to him, he had coming to him. But – as we all know, that this was really one of those, hey, don't look at me, look at him type situations. And this piece that was put out, it's a really good piece. Don Venata Jr. and Seth Wickersham. And Seth Wickersham joined uh, the morning tailgate this morning to talk about it. They did a great job. And they've done a great job with their reporting on this whole situation and everything going on with uh, the Washington Commanders and Dan Snyder. And uh, I'll tell you, man, to a point reading this thing, I'm like, that Dan Snyder, we already knew he was an arrogant dude. Like, basically, he thought he was Teflon Don. He really acted like he was Teflon Don. I mean, this, this dude got to the point, and, I mean, there's so many different layers to this article. And the things that stood out to me about John Gruden that I might not have known or the situation was really, you know, kind of the dust-up that he had with, 
Roger Goodell and the fact that Goodell didn't like the way that he was calling games on Monday Night Football, called him into the, in, in, into, you know, the New York offices to basically talk about or learn about player safety, and Gruden's like, I don't need that. And then he was going to learn from Steve Fisher and John Madden, and he's like, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to learn about player safety from these two dudes who had you know, some of the best or heavy hitters uh, on their teams. Right, some guys that just you know know how to play football the way it was supposed to be played. So I mean, there was there was a little bit of a rift there between Goodell and, and Gruden, and clearly he had made it. You know, he 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 was that guy. You know, and it's funny. I remember when when he was hired, and I remember just thinking, and I always say this that it, it takes a certain dude to be a, a Raiders head coach, and I always felt like he kind of he fit that that bill of, a, of what a true Raider coach would be and what a true Raider was. And he really fit that image of basically it's him against the, the league, right? Similar to the, to, to the late great Al Davis, how he was, you know, the maverick that we call him, right? The guy that was not afraid to go up against the NFL. And we know right now John Gruden's going up against the NFL in a lawsuit. And I wonder how this article and other articles like this are going to help him in his lawsuit. And that's what we'll talk to Daniel Lust, the sports attorney, uh, from coming up at 2.30. We'll talk about that. But just a lot of interesting stuff. But I, I just want you I – I want to throw the question out there. If you read the piece or if you heard the interview this morning on the morning tailgate, did that report from Seth, Seth Wickersham and company change your mind or confirm what you already knew about the John Green emails and how they were leaked? And on top of that, because it sounded like Roger Goodell had a lot to do with – everything that was going on and knew a lot more than he claims to know. And I think that everyone believes that as well. Should something happen to the commissioner or anyone else involved in what looks like a massive, hey, look at them, not me type situation. So those are the two questions that I throw out there at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword r And like I said, for me, it just basically confirmed what I already believed. It really did, and it's something that we talked about in a great detail here on Radio Nation Radio 920. But I did want you to hear a little bit of the sound from, from Seth Wickersham from his interview that he had with the morning tailgate. And really, let's take it all the way back to when we started finding out about these emails that Friday before the Chicago Bears game. Remember that? And then remember the results of the Bears game, how bad that was? That was awful. So let's go back to the fact that, and this is something I learned, about a conference call that went on between Roger Goodell and Mark Davis. Here's Seth Wickersham talking about that initial conference call. Yeah, Raiders fans will probably remember it a little bit better than the general public, but um, that was a couple hours before um, the Wall Street Journal um, was going to, uh, or I'm sorry, it was a few hours after the Wall Street Journal had published um, its story um, with John Gruden's email about DeMora Smith, his offensive email. And um, Goodell and Pash hopped on the phone with Davis and Dan Ventrelli, who was the team president at the time. And uh, it felt weird for Davis because, you know, there was obviously a lot of outcry for him to fire Gruden. And he, you know, had known Gruden for almost a quarter century and was kind of trying to slow down a, a hurricane from within it, if that makes sense. He was trying to say, like, look, I know that there's a lot of outcry going on. But I got to, like, slow this down and make a decision on my terms mm -hmm. about Gruden's future. And, you know, Passion Goodell kept saying to him, you got to do something. There's more emails coming. And he couldn't – Davis was confused as how they knew that more emails were coming and why he was learning about the emails after everybody else had. It turned out these emails that Gruden had sent 10 years ago – um, 10 years prior, had been kind of gossip fodder around the league office. 
but they kept telling Davis, you got to do something, you got to do something. And, uh, he felt he was kind of backed into a corner. And then, um, you know, he later ended up saying to an associate, oh, he had to John Gruden, F the NFL and F Dan Snyder, because he was so frustrated at the way that, um, that had been handled. And I think a lot of Raider Nation said the same thing. Again, not excusing what John Gruden said and wrote, again, because it's, it's just not something that was acceptable. Obviously, it was bad. But I've never been that guy to sign up for, yeah, well, uh, you know, look what they're doing. Don't look at what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. It's, it, or, you know, look what they're doing as well. Well, it's not so bad because they're doing it too. Like, you can't do that. You, you, you have to be responsible for you. So that's all on him. But, again, with the way that everything shook out to me, and this is something that we talked about in such detail when it all happened. I remember that week like it was yesterday. I remember that Friday before the Bears game. I remember, you know, just how all of a sudden it dropped and none of us really knew what was going to happen. Speculation over the weekend. And I'll tell you, when I knew it was over for John Gruden was before anything else about more emails about to come out on, on Monday. And, and I remember that Monday Night Football is at the OYO, as I am every Monday for Monday Night Football. And that's when I think the show had just got wrapped up. Right, yeah, it was because during the game of Monday Night Football is when the second slew of of uh, emails was released and another report from the Wall Street Journal. But just by seeing what was going on the field against Chicago that Sunday, as I'm sitting in the press box, and I remember the wife is at the game. We have families from Texas at the game, and it was so quiet, and it seemed like there was such a cloud over Allegiant Stadium, and it was just so like ho hum. All I could sit there and think of in the press box was like, yeah, this is. This whole situation is weighing heavily on the team, whether they admit it or not. This is, this is, this is not a good look. Something's going to have to give. And ultimately, uh, Monday night after, after that, uh, that next report comes out, John Gruden resigns. And, you know, we all know that that was something that, you know, nobody wanted to have to see him. And, I mean, nobody within the organization wanted to see him go. But that was ultimately what was going to happen. And it seemed like Roger Goodell and anybody else that had anything to say about it was not going to stop until that, that ex- it happens. So, again, I throw the question out there to you. Did the ESP, ESPN report from Wickersham and company change your mind or kind of confirm what you already knew about the John Gruden emails and how they were leaked? And the way it could change your mind, if, if in fact it changes your mind, and it might not, is the fact that, you know, there was so much going on in the background, you could say that, hey, this, this is something that should have never even seen the light. And, again, that, that almost sounds like it's, it's given a pass, and it, it shouldn't. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, tore up or upset that, that it came to light. I just think that it was foul that out of 650,000 emails, you know, like 12 or 13 of John Gruden's were the ones that everybody knows about, right? Because I guarantee, as this, this article talked about, and this was something, and we'll talk to, to Dan Lust about this coming up in a few minutes, but, I mean, he basically had a blackmail slideshow. Right. I mean, he basically had a slideshow instead of saying, no, I didn't do these things. No, I'm not. You know, the, the workplace environment is not bad. And I'm talking about Dan Snyder. He basically had a slideshow saying, yeah, but look at this. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, look what this owner's doing. Look what Roger Goodell's right hand man is doing. Right. Let's, let's not get it twisted. Right. Roger Goodell's right hand man is also in this article. And, and apparently Daniel Snyder had dirt on him. And uh, I'm sure you remember when it came out not too long ago about you know, if, if, if Dan Snyder goes down, he's taking everybody with him. He's got dirt on everybody. He's hired an investigator, and they, they've, they've got information on everybody. So if he goes down, he's going down swinging. He's bringing everybody with him. That's basically what he did on this, on this slideshow. And then all of a sudden, Goodell turns against him. And then the other owner's like, yeah, we need to get this guy out of here. Why? 
Because how massive could it have gotten? I, and again, I don't know because I'm not a lawyer. I don't, I don't know legalities and all that other stuff. I don't know what this is going to do for John Gruden and his lawsuit against the NFL. I'm assuming it's got to help his case a little bit and help prove what he's trying to prove. Like He's not saying that he didn't say any of this stuff. He's just saying that everything that happened, the way that it all came out, uh, there was there was some guys that had an agenda against them, and it clearly feels like in this article, reading this article, that there was a massive agenda against head coach John Gruden. Now, you'll hear a little bit more from Seth Wickersham coming up around 3 o'clock. We'll uh, talk about the timing of the emails when it was dropped right before that, like I said, the Bears game. And then, ultimately, who is the leaker of the emails? Because the few names that were put in that article that, well, nobody was really talking about. Demora Smith, right? NFLPA, also a, a, a person that works for Rock Nation that was hired by the NFL. All of a sudden, these names are popping up. I think her name was Desiree Perez. Wait, wait, hold on. The Rock? That's Jay-Z and company, right? Yeah, the NFL hired Rock Nation, hired Jay-Z to try to clean up the race relations in the NFL. So it just feels like it's a big, massive web that has been woven or weaved or whatever the word is. It just seems like it's something massive that goes so many more layers than we even knew. You know, is that going to get John Gruden back in the league as a coach? No, no. But right now he's got plenty of money. He's got nothing but time on his hands. And so I believe that he's going to fight this and fight with the NFL to the bitter end. Will he ultimately win? I don't know. I don't think anyone really ever wins against the NFL. Somehow they find a way to win, right? They just, they're just that massive. But, man, if there's a guy that has a, a reason to fight him to the bitter end, it would be one John Gruden. So uh, we'll, we'll throw it out there to you again, 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Now, don't call us until uh, when, we don't, when we have a guest, and we have a guest coming up in a matter of seconds, but you can hit us up on the text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Did anything from that report change your feelings or even confirm your feelings, like it confirmed mine, about the John Gruden emails and how they were leaked? And do you think anything should happen to the commissioner or anyone else that was involved in this massive web that they were weaving? Let us know about it. Matter of fact, got a text right here from Mailman Raider 69187, keyword R&R, that we'll take a break to get to Dan Lust. Q, we all knew the real reason you don't want to hop on the bike is because of the nightmares of riding eight cities over for a girl that never showed up back in the day. LOL. I... I ain't hype. That ain't that bike is not the same bike. We're talking about a, a stationary bike, an exercise bike. Why you want to bring up old stuff, Mailman Raider? Man, unbelievable! Don't you know that? Uh, that's I'm trying to get that out of my mind. I was a youngster then. I was a kid. <laughs> but thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. Two twenty-six at the time. We'll get into this conversation with Daniel Lust, the sports attorney co-host of Conduct Detrimental, the podcast. We'll do it next here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 2.31 is the time here. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio on this afternoon and threw out the question based off the, the fine report and the fine writing 
from Seth Wickersham and company of ESPN talking about Daniel Snyder and talking about John Gruden. The report is called He Was Free and Clear, How the Leak of John Gruden's Emails Led to the Fall of Commander's Owner Dan Snyder. So I threw the question out there. Did that report from Wickersham and company change your mind or confirm what you already knew about the Gruden emails and how they were leaked? To get a little bit further information about this uh, article and the legal side of things, we turn our attention to Daniel Lust, sports attorney, co-host of Conduct Detrimental Podcast. Got to slow down and say it correctly because I will say it wrong as I always do, Daniel. But thanks so much for your time this afternoon and deep diving into this article and the information that you read on it today. Did that change or confirm anything that you already felt about this situation with Dan Snyder and these Gruden emails? You know, it's funny. I'm seeing that on social. Everyone's like, yeah, it was obviously Snyder all along. You know, the, the two big takeaways from this, um, I mean, there's a couple, but, um, you know, for, for Don, Ben Nadd, and Seth Wickersham, I've been obviously following the story very closely over the last couple of years, and, and you and I have spoke about it. There are two names that they put front and center as potentially being behind the leaks that might not necessarily be Dan Snyder. So it's not necessarily what I've known all along, these two new names, uh, both of which plausibly make sense. Um, so, you know, the, the first uh, is an interesting one. It's DeMarie Smith. That's not someone associated with the NFL, as, as far as you and I are concerned. It's the you know, executive director of the NFL Players Association. So Gruden's got his lawsuit against the NFL, and it names John Doe's, I think, 1 through 10, and, and that's a little legal mechanism to add people later on if facts kind of come out and new identities are revealed. So DeMarie Smith is kind of now, I don't know, suspect number 2, 3, 4, whatever you want to call it, but add him to the list. And DeMarie Smith is someone that was targeted in the John Gruden emails with these kind of racist tropes. And uh, these emails about DeMarie Smith are leaked I think he, you know, it was either the same day or a couple days before DeMarie Smith was up for an extension mm-hmm. and had to be voted on by the players. So there's a theory that he released these emails uh, to get uh, some sympathy and kind of help get some job security, and that's bellied by the fact that an unnamed source in the ESPN article says that DeMarie Smith has bragged about being the one to leak the email. So, you know, I, I, I tend to, to trust ESPN's reporting. They don't normally go out with this with, uh, without knowing um, without having some good idea. And the other one is um, that the NFL, in, in conjunction with someone at Rock Nation, who was uh, kind of staffed to, uh, I guess, try to improve the NFL's record on, on racism, helped kind of facilitate the leak of these emails to give the NFL a win. Now, neither of those two has anything to do with Dan Snyder. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly your question, but that, that, I do find that surprising and not something I expected to get today. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so many layers to this. And, you know, and looking at those two names that you just mentioned and, and John Gruden, obviously, with the lawsuit against the NFL, how does this change, if any, what he has going on moving forward? And does this help him at all? It probably adds some additional individuals to the lawsuit, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it changes. I mean, to put some more attention on the lawsuit, we really haven't heard much about this in the last couple of months. And, you know, I, I followed the sports law beat. It's been existing in the background. And, you know, if you have a two-year litigation sometimes there's big news and you know there's the kind of peaks and valleys in between um but i think it puts more pressure on the nfl i don't i don't know if the nfl has been actively trying to settle this case but you know i i think it it lends itself to the fact that gruden has kind of the public's attention with this lawsuit not one that's going away anytime we hear kind of a sniff of this lawsuit it becomes national news not just news in las vegas or in oakland where the raiders are affected it's national news because of, of the element that the NFL, potentially, or Snyder, or now Marie Smith, or Rock Nation, they were behind the leak. So um, 
Yeah, I, I think it does give it, – it shows the NFL that Gruden does have some legs here. You know, one more question about Gruden, and obviously in this piece that was written, and again, it was a really well-written piece, it seems like that uh, there was a little bit of an axe to grind between Roger Goodell and John Gruden, and really it seemed like Roger Goodell wasn't the best or biggest Gruden supporter either. Uh, does that have anything – do you think Gruden and his lawyers could say, hey, you know what, Roger, it was in his best interest as well to, you know, to make sure that, that John Gruden was ousted? You know, I, I saw that. I think it, it seems at least the article reports on, uh, you know, that he, that Goodell had an issue with Goodell in terms of his broadcasting ability and maybe him as a as a person. But I don't think it anything that Goodell had an issue with with Gruden rose to the level of needing to leak the emails unless it was right for some ulterior motive. Uh, you know, that be for to improve the NFL's you know track record on racism to get the maybe the Raiders out of a $100 million contract over 10 years, kind of a, an odyssey, uh, one of the record-breaking coaching contract. Um, but I don't, I, I don't read that much into it, a vacuum Goodell not liking Gruden. I think there was a story that, like, uh, Gruden invited, uh, Goodell invited Gruden to HQ for a meeting, and then, like, you know, Goodell big-leagued him and sent, like, an assistant in there to meet with him. I don't, I don't think that that's motivation in and of itself to leak these emails. You need something a little, a little bigger than that. Again, we're talking with Daniel Lust, sports attorney, also co-host of Conduct Detrimental, the podcast here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, to the Daniel Snyder side of things, uh, the blackmail PowerPoint really stood out to me. I saw a tweet from you. It stood out to you. How massive is that? And, I mean, what kind of red flags is that thing screaming? Um, <laughs> I mean, whoever gets credit for the name, I mean, that's great, the blackmail PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, red flags is, is the right term. Like, if someone Q asks you, like, you know, you know the old, like, uh, you know, nursery rhyme, like, who stole the cookies from the cookie jar, right? right? Like, and you're like, and you go ahead and, like, blame someone else. You don't, like, actively deny it, right? That's, that's kind of what Snyder did. They, I guess there was a, the whole report about Beth Wilkinson, about what the, you know, what Dan Snyder had, had done wrong. You know, there's a lot of elements, and, you know, I don't, we don't have enough time for it, but there's sexual assault claims. There's, you know, cooking the books claims. There's a lot of bad things about Snyder. And apparently put on this big presentation. He's got a PowerPoint. Everyone's kind of, okay, well, this is the defense of Dan Snyder. Let's see what we got here. And the defense isn't a defense. It's an offense. It's going after everyone. Now, understanding, right, like in football, the best defense is a good offense. Right. That's not the case in, in a courtroom, right? Like, you have to defend yourself. You can't just, like, point the other direction and say, hey, look what those guys are doing. Like, so it, I, I think it does raise a red flag. Um, he didn't even, I guess, according to this report, he didn't take the time to issue a defense from those allegations, he basically, you know, and this is a legal term that we use, it's a term called acquiescence. If you don't deny the thing, it's assumed that you have admitted to it or you've accepted this thing as fact. Um, we're not, we don't have time to talk about the Northwestern stuff or the Bob Huggins stuff, but this concept tends to come up a lot. If you don't deny it, I mean, I think it's fair for a room of people to think like, okay, he's admitting it, but he thinks what these other people are doing is, equally as bad or as hypocritical. But, yeah, I, I do think it raises a, a glaring red flag. You know, to me, when I'm reading that and, and just breaking it down like you just did, to me it's just like this dude was – it felt like the most arrogant of the arrogant. Like, yeah, I did all this, but these guys did all this, and so you're not going to look at me, you're going to look at them. I mean, to me, Daniel, that, that almost feels like that someone else is going to say, hey, we need to look into this a little bit more and see what we need to see. But I don't even know if that's something that's legally possible. Yeah, I- I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, again, another fun legal term here, like a red herring. Like, yeah, the blackmail PowerPoint's interesting. Um, I don't know where we go with it. The dance center error is almost over. We're at, like, uh, the proverbial one-yard line. We're in the red zone here. Right. Got to get it over the goal line. I, I don't know what comes of it unless, you know, 
if you want me to tie the stories together for, for Raider Nation, I, I think there is probably something, something to seek your teeth into. You know, we've heard for months, if, you know, almost years at this point, Gruden doesn't want to settle this case. Right. He wants to take this all the way. He wants to go scorched earth. He wants to take everyone down with him. The fact that there's a blackmail PowerPoint, and Dan Snyder makes this PowerPoint around the same time the NFL seems to have come in possession of these 650,000 emails, with a handful of them flagged, you know, being the Gruden emails that have those kind of racist and, and, and inappropriate messages in them. It's the fact that, you know, what was in this black on PowerPoint, it was screenshots of emails and text with some of those, some of those other 650,000 emails. So I think there's a fear. The more that kind of comes out, this drip, drip, drip of information, it's giving more ammo to John Gruden to go after the NFL. Now he knows the questions to ask. You can rest assured he's going to send a you know, discovery request or subpoena to Snyder or anybody that's in possession of this blackmail PowerPoint. He wants to see the dirt that is out of everyone else that is, for whatever reason, kept a secret besides his. That's the theory of events. Why was his and his alone, those emails, the only ones that were released? And I, and I think that's a fair question. I don't know if it necessarily wins your case, but it's certainly relevant and I, and I think discoverable over the course of this case. You know, it's so funny. I don't think anyone ever can defeat the NFL. Like, I never imagine people beating the NFL because they're so powerful. But I feel like this is about as close as it gets, right? I feel like John Gruden has a, a, about as good a chance as anyone would to actually defeat the NFL in a court of law with something this massive. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to win against the NFL. You're 100% right. But, but winning in the court of public opinion is big enough, right? Like, think yeah. back to Colin Kaepernick once upon a time. We're never going to know the, the settlement that was uh, reached between the NFL and Kaepernick. But, like, that story put so much pressure on the NFL that they had to, you know, even it's coming out of Bill say that the NFL gave a contract to Rock Nation to help improve their record in the wake of the Colin Kaepernick stuff. Right. So, yeah, that, that's how you win. I mean, that's, that's how you, quote-unquote, beat the NFL. You create headlines like this. And, and I, I think I saw something. I think we're, we're uh, nine weeks away from the start of the NFL season. And that nine weeks can't go quickly enough if you're Roger Goodell in the NFL. Right, exactly. I mean, look, the timing of the emails when they dropped back in, what, 2021, right before that Chicago Bears game, I remember that like it was yesterday. That was odd. And then, of course, the timing today of this report was not odd. I mean, it's the slow part of the year. Everyone's paying attention. We're all looking for information, and we all deep dove into this information. So final question when it comes to this uh, situation that's going on, you mentioned the slow drip process. And I remember when I was covering Baylor and there was always information that came out and it felt like it was the slowest of the slowest when it came to the slow drip process. How much more information do you think may end up eventually leaking out about this? Um, we'll see. I mean, like I, I, I find it funny. I woke up this morning and like I, I get my, you know, my notifications and uh, I didn't, I didn't expect this to come. This is like the third or fourth story that ESPN has had with these drips. And maybe it's people just, you know, and, and part of it, too, if we're, if we're just th- thinking practically, no one wants to talk uh, that's associated with the Washington Commanders organization while they're still employed there. People tend to do when they leave their employer or they yeah. retire from the NFL or, or whatever else. Then they seem to be okay, you know, because they can't lose their job. Um, but as we've seen now with this transition from the Snyder era to the Josh Harris era, that new team, there might be more people that, that you know, not necessarily lose their job, but just switch positions and don't feel that Snyder can control them anymore to the same extent. So I, I think at least from the Washington camp, um, I do think we're going to, I think it's likely that we hear more of these. I mean, it's, it's odd. Every couple of months we get something new here. And, you know, we've had Don on our show before. We've had Seth on our show. And those guys are sticking with this story. So ESPN has given them the resources and, and the bandwidth to really push this. And you got to commend them. This is a, basically been a three-year story in the, in the works here so they've really been hard, hard at work on this one 
Daniel Lust, sports attorney, also co-host of Conduct Detrimental. The podcast is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just had a couple more questions for you, and I did want to ask about the Northwestern situation. We saw Pat Fitzgerald get fired. We saw his attorney fire back and say, hey, this is not what the, the oral agreement was. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is this going to be one of those situations where Northwestern ultimately has to pay out the rest of his contract, or are they going to get away with firing him for cause? I think there's a, you know, if you told me that they settled for somewhere between zero, and I think the number they're owing Bill is like $40 million, it's going to be a number in the middle. It's not going to, they're not going to pay him all 40 you know, 100 cents in the dollar. Mm-hmm. The question really comes down to, and this is the lawyers, and, and you know, I haven't seen this investigative report. I, I've seen, you know, snippets of it. But, like, you know, if you do a report for seven months and you hire an independent law firm, I think the firm was Arndt, Fox, and Schiff, and they look into these allegations of hazing and sexual abuse, whatever was going on at Northwestern, and they don't tell you it's a complete farce. They looked at it closely enough, and they said that there's some indication, there's some evidence here. Right? It's not necessarily fully corroborated, but there is something here. Um, so, you know, Cheryl's comment is that he was not aware of these allegations. So, you know, you have seven months of investigation. Northwestern issues, a, well, whatever it was, a two-week suspension. Uh, and then over the last, you know, now it's at this point, I mean, 72 hours over the weekend between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, like what changed, what new information did we learn to convert this from a two-week suspension to a firing where, where someone's losing $40 million. Now, you know, if you fired someone because of the social media reaction as opposed to someone's actual, you know, actions that they took, that's very different. Contracts are going to be very clear in their language about what you can fire someone for. If, you fi- if someone commits a crime or, you know, there's an independent investigation, right, and an independent investigation finds that you've done something wrong, yes, you can be fired. But I, I haven't seen many contracts that say, like, you know, if social media goes after you, we can fire you. I mean, yeah, like, yes, you, there'll be some contracts that said, say, like, you know, if you do something that in the judgment of the adjudicate, you know, adjudication of the university uh, can, can will result in your firing in our soul and absolute discretion, that's one thing. But we just saw on, on, you know, like a week ago that Northwestern didn't think that the majority of these activities should result in a firing. It resulted in suspension. Right. So, you know, Northwestern's got a, as they said on uh, I Love Lucy back in the day, like a lot of explaining to do what happened in <laughs> 72 hours. Right. There's, there's no doubt about that. And obviously that's a, it's a hell of a situation going on with Northwestern and the guy that has been the guy there at Northwestern, both as a player and as a head coach. So real quick, Bob Huggins, West Virginia, he, uh, he says that those, uh, that email of resignation was from his wife, not from him. He, to me, is wanting to get paid as well. What should we, uh, what should we take away from this one? Um, this is, uh, time permitting. This is one of my favorite stories. It's like, okay, June 16th, right? I think this is when this DUI incident occurred. Those that don't know, Bob Huggins had a, you know, a, a comment that he made on the sports radio station that an inappropriate comment referring to a group of people. You and I aren't going to mention it. People right. can Google it. Right. So this is his second offense in like the last, I don't know, three, four months. And he already had to reduce his salary in order to keep his job as a result of the first incident. Second incident happens, DUI, there's an arrest that occurs. And, you know, within 24 hours, it looks like wife sends a text that says, I hereby, uses the word I, hereby announce my resignation effective immediately. So there were reports that well, Huggins meets with West Virginia, meets with the kids. There's a letter that comes out, a message from Bob Huggins to the West Virginia community. There's a message back from West Virginia. Thank you so much. You know, we'll take it from here. Whatever. There's a lot of messaging going on. So here's where, here's where uh, F hits the proverbial fan, so to speak. Uh, on Friday, Bob Huggins sends a letter that says, well, you know, I didn't formally sign a letter of resignation. I didn't formally communicate this to anyone, so therefore my resignation is ineffective and I plan to coach the team. Um, Q, question for you. 
What was Bob Huggins doing for the last three weeks before he decided to finally correct the record here? Man, that is a great, great question, right? Very good question. Nothing. Nothing. Yes, that was exactly. He had, he had an opportunity to correct the record. He didn't. That term I told you acquiescence before, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's everyone's treating it like you've resigned. What have you done in those three weeks? Nothing. So, again, a little bit too late. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe he gets a little bit of payment on the way out, but nothing, nothing what he's expecting, a uh, 100% of that contract. Yeah, that was wild. When I saw that, like I like to call it a turn of events, and all of a sudden almost an about face, like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to uh, resign. After all, I thought, oh, boy, this is not this is not what I expected. This is not the twist and turn I expected in this story at all. Well, Daniel, fantastic stuff as always, man. Thanks for getting us up to speed on everything uh, legal going on with all these uh, different stories. Of course, John Gruden and Daniel Snyder uh, being at the top of our list here. But uh, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? You know, uh, Q, I'm actually starting a new show this nice. week. It's called Sports Better Court. Uh, it's going to be like a little bit of a hybrid between – you know, I think around the horn on ESPN and the people's court. So we'll have some fun, kind of a mix of sports betting and sports law. And it's a much easier name for you to pronounce. Man, so I got that for you. I'm trying to tell you, I don't know what my problem is, but yeah, that's, that's always uh, helpful. I always appreciate that. <laughs> and I always appreciate catching up with you, my man. All good. Happy to anytime. There he goes. Daniel Lust, sports attorney, co-host of Conduct Detrimental, the podcast at Sports Law Lust on Twitter. But I love the fact that he's got a, a sports betting court, sports betting show coming up. Uh, you know, that's going to be a lot of fun to pay attention to, and it's going to be a lot easier to say than Conduct Detrimental, even though I don't know why Conduct Detrimental is so difficult for your boy to say. But apparently it is. So we throw the question out there before we take a break. Did the ESPN report from Seth Wickersham and company change your mind? or confirm what you felt like you already knew about the Gruden emails and how they were leaked? And do you think anything should happen to the commissioner? A good old Raj. Did anything happen to him and his uh, his co-workers or his right-hand man who seemed like they all had a little something-something to do with this situation as well? 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R, don'tbebroke.com, text line. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to our guy Daniel Lust, sports attorney, joined us in the last segment. We were talking about this piece on ESPN.com. He was free and clear how the leak of John Gruden's emails led to the fall of Commander's owner Dan Snyder. Seth Wickersham is part of that writing on ESPN.com. You'll hear a couple sound bites from him as he was a guest on the morning tailgate this morning. You'll hear that coming up at the top of the hour. But right now, joining us on the phone lines is our guy, Raiders 66. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, 66? Hey, Q. How you doing today? I'm fantastic, my man. Yeah, I, this thing with Gruden, I, I think he's got a shot. And, you know, that I think the article said something about in the NFL uh, headquarters it was becoming water cooler fodder. Yeah. If that's the case, then how many people knew about this? And if they knew in June, why are they waiting till October to ruin the Raiders' season? You know, it's really stupid. But as far as the comments about, you know, you don't beat the NFL in court, uh, the NFL does not want to see the Raider logo on the other side because <laughs> right. Al Davis beat him in 1982 and moved to L.A., and he also beat him when the uh, USFL sued the NFL, and they uh, asked Al to testify on their behalf. The Raiders were the only team not included in that lawsuit, and Al testified USFL won. They only got three bucks out of it, but he was on the winning side. So you don't want to see the Raider logo if you're the NFL on the other side, and that's John Gruden. I know you're up against the queue. Thanks for the time. Take care. 
Great call, 66. And, yeah, that's the thing, and that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier is that, yeah, I mean, the Raiders have no problem going up against the NFL, and Al obviously had no problem going against the NFL. And that's why I said that John Gruden always kind of fit that that Raider head coach mentality only because I feel like he's the type of dude that will dig his heels in and go up against the NFL. And somehow the NFL always finds a way to come back at you, as, you know, Raider Nation clearly knows how the NFL feels about the team. Right, and how they act towards a team and all the thoughts that we think when it comes to officials and a whole lot more. But 66, great call. Hour number two, it's on the way. It's Radio Nation Radio, 920.